When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the show. This is Barca Talk. I'm Brian Henderson. And it's been two weekends without any Barcelona games. I mean... Barca B have been playing, and the women's team beat Sevilla for nothing. Then they knocked out uh, Manchester City from the Women's Champions League in the quarterfinal, making it their fourth semifinal in five years. And then they played Levante on Sunday in the Women's Liga. I don't know the results of that because I'm recording before that. But they're nine points ahead of Levante and topping the league as I record this. But the first team, men's team, didn't play because of the international break. Um, the rest of La Liga got back into it over the weekend, but Barca aren't back until Monday when this episode is coming out. And they're playing Valladolid, 16th place Valladolid, who Barcelona beat 3 nothing back in December. The huge difference between these two teams, both in quality and performance, along with the game being scheduled on Monday, makes the anticipation for this about the same as a middle school game of flag football. But then this Saturday, we have the second installment of El Clasico of the season. Of course, the last Clasico didn't go too well for Barca in the end. They lost in the Camp Nou. Luckily, the stands were empty. The scoreline was 1-3 in the end, but they were tied at one goal for the majority of the game. Federico Valverde scored for Madrid in the fifth minute, and then Ansu Fati tied it up three minutes later. And it stayed that way until well into the second half when Clement Longley gave up a penalty fouling Sergio Ramos in the box, which Ramos then converted on the penalty kick for the go-ahead goal, and Luka Modric then put a third nail in Barcelona's coffin in the 90th minute. So, not a great result in the first leg. Today, we're replaying the episode we put out right after that game, when Alejandro Villegas and Sergio Rodriguez from our team broke down the lineup, players, and tactics in that loss. The biggest difference between that game and this one, for me at least, is the fact that Barca had Ansu Fati in the last game, and they won't have him in this one. You know, he's been injured for so long now that you might not remember just how much he was bringing to the table. Well, you're going to get a reminder in this episode, this repeat of the episode. So here it is, and it starts with Alejandro. Koeman surprised us with uh, Pedri playing as a starter instead of Griezmann. What do you think about the starting lineup? Sergio Roberto wasn't there. It was Serginho Dest. So Alba went to the left side. So uh, before talking about the game, the actual game, uh, what do you make about this starting lineup from Koeman? 
You know what? I, I gave Coleman credit. You know, he changes it up, right? You know, so when I saw the the first thing I, I wanted to look was was the fullbacks. What was going on? You know, Alba was recovering. So yeah. he slotted him on the left side. And then the big thing was Sergio Dest on as the right back. So he replaced uh uh Sergio Roberto and we saw that coming, right? We saw Sergio is very, very fast. He is a fully capable defensive uh, 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 right back. And and that substitution, you could see, was made to counter Vinicius and Mendy. Like even Pedri, right? Even Pedri as a right wing. I can yeah. see Coleman is looking at, 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 at Madrid and looking at, at Mendy and Vinicius and trying to figure out how to stop that speed because they are very, very fast. So I could see why he placed Pedri there. Even though Pedri is not productive – He's going to track back. He has the speed. He has the young legs to do that dirty work. So so you saw Sadest, you saw Pedri, and then on the left wing, you saw Coutinho, mm-hmm. which we know two years ago he played there for a full season and is not productive, right? And and yeah. uh, so so that, that, that is that. And then we saw Ansifati, right? He was playing the nine, you know, and we heard, you know, we heard that he could play it. So so that was a surprise. You know, uh, we have we, we have a problem at the nine. We don't have a nine. Uh, so he was there and Messi was slotted at the 10. Uh, the other surprise, I guess not a surprise, but we know, we know Coleman is, is loves Busquets. Mm-hmm. You know, your favorite guy, Alejandro Busquets. I know. I know. He, he, he was there in the double pivot, right? And uh, that, that was alarming, you know, especially since Pjanic played the last game. And, and we saw, you know, uh, that, that, yeah, he, he can play that position. And Busquets was given the slot. And uh, that's a liability, right? So, so that was a formation there, and we saw Madrid did not play Marcelo, yeah. And they played Nacho was the right back. So right away you're like, okay, we gotta attack that position, right? Mm-hmm. So, but Ansifati's playing the nine; he's not playing the left wing. So we're not gonna fully attack it. Maybe attack it with Alba, right? If he's fit, yeah. we're gonna maybe attack it that way. But Nacho was our priority, and that's where we should attack, right? So that's yeah. that's the formation. Uh, that I saw. What, what do you think, Alejandro? What, what did you see? Yeah, see? I mean, with the Busquets thing, I get to talk about it every week because Truman <laughs> just loves him and I guess he's the starter there now. I, I thought uh, Pjanic coming from from Juventus was going to be the, the starting guy there. We saw, when, when I saw him in the starting lineup against the Champions League, I was like, okay, he's just putting Pjanic there so Busquets can play El Clasico. So I was like, oh, mm. you know, I, I, I saw that coming. But I was happy, I, the same thing that you just mentioned, happy to see Serginho Dest, how he's an actu- like an actual right back. You can see the, the way he moves, the way he plays, how how much of a... a, a a really attacking player he can be and and how fast he is. And you can tell Sergio Roberto is not a right back. I mean, no. I, I would play him in midfield and that's it. That's his natural position. And, and I don't know if he's going to get a lot of minutes there, especially with the love that Kubner has for Busquets. But that 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 would be my position for him. And, and thank you for your service, but you're not going to play right back anymore because we have this guy now so I was happy to see that I was happy to see Alba again being productive on the offensive side because we can and and we'll go through through the goals through the uh, to see what happened in each goal and it's what Alba gives you a lot of good uh, attacking possessions and then some spaces in the back and and we'll talk about it a little bit later and and then in the attack, I, I was surprised that Griezmann didn't start. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought he was going to start. I thought he was going to be given the, the chance to actually prove that he can be there. And he was not. But but you know what? 
I think Barcelona has been playing better and better. I want to get away a little bit from the actual uh, score and what happened, especially in the second half, and, and we'll dive into that. But I think Barca is playing a little bit better and better. They're, they're, I, I see the team yeah. understand a little bit better what they are about. I know they're still struggling to play the full 90 minutes at the same pace. That's that's still an issue, and and Kuman was not a a magician to just change everything. That's going to be still the issue until you refreshing all the positions. But I overall I was happy with the with the starting lineup because I saw you know what this is a very competitive lineup, and he's going for it. I mean, he started two yeah. very young guys, and you know what they performed. I know uh, Pedri Pedri maybe wasn't as flashy as he was against the uh, Barros in the Champions League, but he was doing that job, and that job was. Uh, uh, primarily his uh, duty on Saturday because we knew Mendy and Vinicius can be very dangerous, especially getting the ball to your box. So that was very good from them. So I was happy with the way that Kuman uh, started this El Clasico. I, I agree, Alejandro. And, and the incremental improvement you can see in each game. So he was making little changes and he was seeing how it all synchronized, right? And how they are all coordinating. So we were hoping to see, uh, he did tweak it, right? So we did not lose the game because of these changes. We did yeah. not lose the game because of, of Coutinho at the left wing or uh, Pedri on the right wing. What we were also seeing in these previous games was incremental mistakes by our defensive line. Mm -hmm. Right. We were seeing Lenglet slapping people. We were seeing Piquet <laughs> getting red carded and we, we saw it again. So that that was starting to worry. Yeah. The other thing we were noticing is the double pivot was not covering our center backs. Yeah. Right. They, well, your favorite guy, Busquets, he, he just, <laughs> he's not going to track back and he's old. And Dijon is everywhere and nowhere. So it's kind of interesting where because Dijon, he's not our anchor. Busquets is our anchor. So yeah. Busquets is there. He's there offensively. He's in the correct position. It's about 60% of Busquets offensively. You know, he's giving away a lot of balls. Defensively, it's about 20% of the Busquets that we know. And that's where our biggest liability. And that's, I believe, that the incremental uh uh you know, decreases in, in our defensive line and our in our in our cover with our double pivot, our lack of cover is a liability, and that's probably where we lost the game. Yeah, I I mean, I, and we can go through the goals. So minute five, it's a it's a ball through, and Valverde gets into the box, and nobody's there. Alba was covering. Uh, he went way up, so Lenglen had to cover on the left side, and that was a space right there. And you know what? At the time, Valverde gives the pass to his right. He passes the ball to his right and then goes to the box immediately. And he was right by Busquets. Busquets just didn't follow the, the play. And, and that was the, the huge mistake because it really changed the, the way the game started and, and gave Real Madrid an early lead. It didn't last a lot. I mean, it was a couple of minutes only. But still, it, it would have been way better if that first goal from Barca comes and Barca is winning 1-0 against Real Madrid, and, and, and it changes a lot of what went on there. So that first mistake by Busquets, and, and we know we've talked about it. I guess we, we can go over and over, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Kuman. here's what, what I want to see Kuman and see if he, he's going to do the same as he did to Griezmann, which was, you know what? You, you're not playing well. You're going to the bench. Well, we'll see if he does that to, to Busquets now because, and you know what? Maybe he doesn't play against Juventus on, on Wednesday. But then we're going to see him again in La Liga. That's that's what I, I expect from Kuman 
uh, this week, but I don't know if, if we're going to change anything there. But it was clear that that goal, that specific goal came because Busquets was not there doing the coverage. So when I was looking at that play, you know, uh, Alba was out of position. So yeah. it wasn't that he was out of position. It was that the defensive transition back, right? Yeah. If you lose the ball offensively, now you have to transition back. So Alba couldn't transition back. Langlet had a cover for him, yeah. you know, and then Pique had to shift over. Uh, what's his name? Benzema got the ball. So mm-hmm. Pique had to you know, had to encounter him, had to step up. So guess what happened? Valverde pushes in. Busquets yeah. is not there. He's not going to trek. Even Busquets looked back and pointed <laughs> like, somebody take him. There's nobody in. <laughs> like, Sergio Des has He's on the other side. Yeah. And, yeah, so he was wide open and, and he nailed it, you know. So so our, our transition defense is, is not there. It's not fast enough. And the double pivot is not covering for the center back. So, you know, it goes back to Busquets. He's just not there. And Coleman has a boner for this dude. Uh, obviously, <laughs> the guy is a legend. He is, yeah. he is a Barca legend. But similar to how Iniesta uh, was substituted, right? You brought him in in the 65th minute. They yeah. are legends. But you have to transition away from him. And and. And hopefully, maybe Coleman got the message that it's just not working out. And he's making these incremental changes. And I hope this is one of the changes where just the flag is there, like we're sinking. Yeah. You you can't continue with this. Yeah, this is the type of match when you're like, okay, it's not working against the best teams in La Liga or in Europe. So we should maybe mix it up a little bit. Okay, so Barcelona tied the game real fast. Messi, a great pass to Jordi Alba, that one of our favorite combinations there throughout the last couple of years. And then uh, Alba with a great cross and Ansu Fati, he's, he's just there. And he's, he's always, he, I mean, he, he gets a lot of goals and that's, you have to love that from, from Ansu Fati. That's what makes him stand out from Dembele, from Pedri, from uh, Trincao, from all the other guys that are good. They're good players, but Fati has that goal instinct, right? He's there yeah. and he's always ready to, to score and and he didn't uh, hesitate. He scored that goal and those first ten minutes, man, that was very exciting. I know you were talking about yeah. how bad these two teams were playing before coming to this game. So a lot of people were not very uh, with a lot of high expectation, right? Because you know these two teams are not in their best shape. But those uh, or that first half was actually very fun to watch because you know what? It wasn't like the high pressure that happened. Uh, three or four years ago when it, it was hard to actually get to play. It was both teams uh, just waiting for the other team to create and, and then t- try to counterattack. So here is where one of the plays that, in my opinion, was a key moment in this game, minute 22-23, when Messi gets the ball, he just crushes uh, Sergio Ramos' uh, hip. I don't know what happened there. Sergio Ramos like, whoa, Messi went to the right and not to the left. Messi was there with the goal, and then he tried to shoot to the first post, and Courtois makes a great, great save. I think that was a key moment for the game. Right after that, Madrid gets another shot. Benzema in a, in a counterattack, and Neto was there to, to actually stop that play. So that moment, I think it was key because... It, I mean, you, you talked about the mailman the last the last time we t- we, we were here, right, at Barca Top. But I think Messi had a very good, very very good first half, especially the first half. In the second half, the entire team uh, went a little bit down, especially after the the Sergio Ramos goal. But 
in that first half, I think we saw a little bit of that old Messi, right? Yeah, I, I think Messi was, was pretty productive, right? Uh, I think he was trying to make things happen. He was passing the ball. He was getting in the box, right? Yeah. He was, so so here's the thing again, right? This, the, the scouting report on Barcelona is we're going to attack down the middle. So mm -hmm. Madrid knew that, and it has the two the two perros, savages, these these dogs. They have <laughs> Ramos and Casemiro. And, yeah. and, you know, before the game, I was wondering, okay, how – You know, always for me is how much is the ref going to let these guys get away with killing Messi? Because yeah. every Clásico is like that, you know. So Casimiro was a pig. So he was going to, you, you saw him. He, he slid from behind. He was trying to hurt him. That's what Casimiro does. Messi yeah. already knows that. Ramos, he, he was, he's playing a bit smarter. He's coming off an injury. He wasn't mm -hmm. attacking this much. He was laying off. But Messi was getting to the box and he was getting fouled. So he was getting fouled from behind. He was getting stepped on and there was no calls. Yeah, there was one. I think Casimiro did get the ball and he followed through and hit him. But yeah. he was so so the ref was not going to give him the calls. It's like, okay, you're laying that foundation for playing physical in the box, right? You're laying that foundation. Mm -hmm. like, okay, so let's have it both ways, right? Let's get in there. So so the first half was was yeah, it, it was not it was a good game. It was dynamic, it was a boxing match. They were sparring, they were yeah. feeling each out. I thought Barcelona was more dominant, you know, mm -hmm. and uh I thought that we had liability down the middle when Madrid attacked. Time and time again, I would see, you know, Valverde coming in there or Cruz slotting a ball. And I was like, uh oh, you know, because Des had had the Vinicius pretty much, you know, defended, you know, yeah. so, so Pedri and Vini and, and Des were doing their job over there. So it was just now the other side, what was going on. And and once again, we had defensive liabilities in, in that double pivot. The second half, like you said, it started off great. Oh, yes. my God. We were attacking. It, it was beautiful. Boom, 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 boom. And, and we had our chances, right? We just we just couldn't uh, nail it. Uh, then the, the penalty came. Let's talk about that. Okay. Before before <laughs> before going into VAR, because I know you guys that were expecting this oh, moment Alejandro, to talk about it. Yes. I forgot to say the, the goal. So you are it was an it was a nice pass. It was Messi passed that over the top to Alba. Yeah. Alba uh uh cross back to uh, Ansu Fati. So these are some of the positive with Fati, right? It, yeah. Instead of playing as a left wing, we have a true nine. You know, a true nine that's there, that that is competing with the center backs, that is pressuring them and is there to beat the line and, and meet that cross back and then cut back and, and slot it into the goal. That's one of the benefits. And that's what we don't have. Right. We don't have a true nine. However, we lost the left wing. Yeah. So it's some of the it, it's 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 a pros and cons. Right. It's a double edged sword. You gain here, but you lose there. And uh, maybe we see this more often now in going forward that that maybe we have Fati play the nine. Right. Yeah, we'll see, and, and we'll see if if Koeman wants to do. I don't know the Dembélé going over that left wing and then Fat in the middle. Even though Dembélé loses a lot of balls, but we saw what he can do in the Champions League. So that's an option, and and we'll see what Koeman does going uh, forward. So, like you said, the the start of the second half was great, right? Uh, Fatty admit around the the fiftieth minute had a, a cross a, a shot that was a little wide. Then Coutinho had the header. Uh, coming from a fatty cross that that was another key moment because that looked like a goal for sure and i was like no they just missed another open shot so it could have been 3-1 at this point if you if, if messi can score that goal in the first half and coutinho scores this one maybe it's a 3-1 game and barcelona was better in the first uh, 55 60 minutes of the game I, i'm yeah. i'm sure of that 
All right, we're going to take a short break, and then you'll hear about the penalty that changed the game, the tactics that Kuman didn't change in time, and another installment in the ongoing soap opera, Is Usman Dembele Better on the Left or the Right? Stay with us. Welcome back. In anticipation of El Clasico this weekend, we're replaying our episode from last October after Barcelona lost to Real Madrid 1-3 in the Camp Nou. There are a couple of things worth keeping in mind as you listen to this and you set up your expectations for this weekend's game. First, that Barcelona, back in October of last year, was still figuring things out. And we weren't even sure if they ever would figure things out. But it's safe to say that now they pretty much have, or they figured a lot of things out. You know, they're on a good run of form. A lot of players have really improved their game. And the whole team has become more uh, flexible and fluid when it comes to different tactical formations. So they can bring a lot of different attacks and threats to the table now, which is interesting. The two biggest differences from what you're going to hear in the rest of this episode, or not here, really, is about defenders. Uh, For one thing, this episode came out before Ronald Araujo had really made a place for himself in the team. Uh, Of course, PK got injured for an extended period of time, and Araujo really stepped up, made a place for himself, put in some really good performances, and for my money became the number one pick at center back. Um, But when this episode came out and they had just lost the game, he was kind of nobody. And so there's a little bit of mention of him in this, but it's not because he hadn't been playing. It was because he hadn't really impressed anyone yet, and PK was still definitely like the number one guy. Uh, second thing to remember is that this was before uh, Oscar Minguesa started playing for the first team. He had been on the bench once, and he only played 90 minutes for Barca B in this season before getting called up to the first team. So this was also a pre-Minguesa Barcelona. Uh, he did play something like 1,200 plus minutes last season for Barca B, so it's not like he came out of nowhere. So those are the two things to really keep in mind as you listen to this and sort of to put what you're about to hear in the context. So here's the rest of that episode with Alejandro and Sergio talking about that last Clásico. Barcelona is playing better than Real Madrid. And I even tweeted on the ADN Barca account like, okay, Barca is better than Real Madrid right now, but it's still 1-1. We need to score the goal to actually score the goal and go ahead uh, in the score. And then this play happened, right? A, A stupid foul close to the box we know Real Madrid one of the strengths of this team is actually this type of crosses and the headers and and the VAR we have to talk about it so uh, I mean I saw the replay I watched it live live it didn't look like a foul to me then I saw what Lenglet did with the with the uniform pulling the Ramos a little bit but then I saw another couple of replays and I see how Ramos pushes Lenglet before uh, Lenglet uh, actually it grabs Ramos back. So what's your take on this? Do you think it's, I mean, any other team in Spain gets this call at Camp Nou? That's why they're called Madrid. You know, <laughs> this, this is why we love Barcelona. We are the underdog in this country. In Spain, we are the underdog in this league. You know, anytime it goes to VAR, it's going to go in Madrid's favor. Yeah. That's just you you are playing against the odds and, and and we know that we know that going in so the thing is when we started the game they were playing very physical in the box right the the ref was allowing it it was like okay you know you you got to have it both ways and and we know you know like you mentioned Madrid is is very good in set pieces very good in crosses that's how they score their goals and uh yeah so so Ramos being the pig that he is he pushed off 
And Lenglet, you know, got caught with his hands in the cookie jar, you know, and, <laughs> and it's a juvenile foul, you know, and it happens a lot in every sport, right? It's yeah. not the first offender that gets caught. It's the second offender in retaliation that always gets caught. And and we're seeing this with our with our, our center backs, you know, we're seeing the deterioration in their performance, right? In the previous games, whether it's Lenglet or Piquet, it's just happening more and more. And in this case, you know, it, it he did grab the jersey. There is no doubt. Yeah. Ramos dived. He sold it, right? He even dove to the wrong side. It was He's like, an oh. expert selling this type of foul. Yeah, and th that's what he does, you know. And uh, the ref, I don't think he even called it. I thought he was just letting the play go, and then he got the call from VAR, like, yeah. hey, uh, Florentino Perez called us. He gave us <laughs> that, hey, we should have called it. Bring it back. He paused the game. They went to view it, and He called it. He called the PK, and unfortunately for us, it didn't go our way. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, when once you see the, once you watch the replay, if Lenglet dives once it, Ramos pushes it, maybe he sells that foul, and we get the foul, the offensive foul, and that's it, and that plays over. Because, and and that's the the tricky parts of this sport, right? You have to know how to sell it. Ramos, of course, that was a flop, and I'm not. Um, I don't like flops in any sports. I hated it when it happened a lot in this NBA playoffs, and and I hate it now that I'm watching it in, in soccer. And but sometimes you have to sell it. And Lenglet was just not clever in that play because if you dive, if you feel that the attacking players pushing you a little bit, and you dive, you know the ref is gonna just get away with it and just you know what we're calling an offensive foul, and that's it. So. Yes, like you said, it's it's not news. I, I tweeted this. It's not news. Real Madrid actually getting uh, a call like this in in any scenario, but in, we we just hadn't seen it in a, El Clasico, right? I guess that's the first time uh, Real Madrid gets a, a penalty kick in El Clasico because of that. So that's that's the only news there. But other than that, we we also saw like Real Betis saying like, look, and, yeah. and they posted both both pictures in their in their Twitter profile. Because they say, look, they, they didn't call this play against us as a penalty kick uh, for Betis, and then they called this in El Clásico for Real Madrid. So, uh, you know, it's it just happens often, and the thing is, we kind of get used to it. But it it did affect the the rest of the game because it changed everything. It was the best moment for FC Barcelona. Uh, Barca was dominating the game, and then it just switched momentum over to Real Madrid because they, I mean, Barca just missed a couple of good shots and then Real Madrid gets the actual goal and that changed just entirely the, the rest of the, the game. Right. It, it, it changed the game and, um, You know, going going after after the penalty kick, uh, you know, we were trying to play catch up, right? Now yeah. the tactics didn't change, you know, and, and and we were trying, we were trying, we were going back and forth. And unfortunately Coleman just waited and waited and waited yeah. till the 81st minute to make mm -hmm. any change. <clears throat> and we saw Alba was gassed. He was gassed after the first half. He, he just yeah. didn't have it anymore. He So there was a liability over there and Leglet and Piquet had to still cover. And, 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 and it, it, it was, it was more obvious now. So, so Madrid was attacking more. We were attacking more and, It, it was a stalemate and we had to make changes. And about the, you know, the, the penalty kick was at the 63rd minute. I was thinking, okay, we're going to make changes, right? Now we have to go on yeah. the fully offensive. Alejandro, we didn't. No. Didn't make any changes. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I don't know. It's the same disease that Valverde and Setien <laughs> had, right? They just, I don't know why. I mean, you have nine minutes. Disease. 
you, I mean, and I say this every time, if your team's losing at the 65th or 70th minute, that's the time, you know what? It's not working. Let's do something different. We're not getting the score that we deserve. That's it. Let's do something different. We have the guys there. We had great, well, all the guys that came in, Dembele, Griezmann, Braithwaite, whatever he wanted to do, or Trincao, any of those guys that, that came up in the, in the last couple of minutes, that's fine. But give him more time to actually make an impact in the game, right? That would be my, my critic to Kuman's way of, of actually managing the second half. Because you know what? That, that, we knew that could happen. That could happen, right? Real Madrid getting a penalty kick, whatever. But you have to be ready for that. Okay, what, right. what, what am I going to do to try to change this? And it was, I mean, to me, it was... I mean, it's not Kuman's fault that we lost, but we, I mean, he could have done something different to try to change what, what the dynamic of the game because we saw that, okay, Barca, it, it's always hard for Barca to actually finish the games the same way they start the games, right? So why not just let the starters, especially in, in attacking positions, you know what? You guys are, we're losing the 65th. 70th minute why not okay let's let's change it up a little bit and and let's try to do something different to try to get those goals that we needed especially because it was Coleman's pattern yeah. of making the subs at the 65th minute that was what he was doing and in this game he he's he didn't follow his 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 is what he was his history right so he waited to the 81st minute and and culés all over the world were shouting <laughs> i could hear them i was like make the change make the change yeah. and he did not he was sitting and waiting and, and you have to wonder you know you usually you prepare for this right when 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 you come up with the game plan you're like okay what happens if, if i fall back in this minute what changes yeah. are gonna What happens if I go forward? What changes are made? Or if I fall back or somebody gets red carded, what what changes are going to make? And Mm -hmm. I saw there was a lack of preparation there. He did not he did not react to what the culés were expecting. And and I fault him for that. I was like, what happened? You know, and then when he did react, he put in three substitutions and that's never going to work. Right. Sometimes yeah, incremental substitutions so they can get in the flow of the game. And the guy that was tired out was Alba. And he was still in the game. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I mean, he, he was taken out of the 87th minute. That's, I mean, so I think he was Braithwaite who came in for him. So Braithwaite had like six, five or six minutes to actually get to play. So Barcelona, I mean, Kuman, I guess he tried to be aggressive, but it was a little bit of a mess. So this is the way Barcelona ended up this game. It was Serginho Dest, Piquet and Lenglet. That was a three in the back. And then we had De Jong and Coutinho in the middle. And then in front, we have everybody else, right? It was like a three, two, five, just going crazy. And, and we actually didn't get any shots there because it was just, just a mess. I guess you could have a messy a little back too. So it was, I guess a three, three, four, if you want to put it that way with the, uh, I don't know, Trincao, who else was there? Trincao, Dembele, uh, I think Griezmann and Braithwaite. I think it was the, the last four that, that were there at that point. So I think it was a little bit too much too late, right? It feels yeah. that way. So, you know, an observation that, that I'm starting to see with, with Dembele is when you put him on the left wing, he's not effective. Mm-hmm. And he's more effective on the right wing. And it, it must be a left brain, right brain thing. And he's ambidextrous. And it, it, it I don't know. But he's just not performing well on the left wing. You know, on the right wing, he's Dembezi. He go at him. He will attack. On the left wing, he's Dembele. He just repressed this. Like, no, I don't want Dumbele. I want Dembezi. Get him on the right wing. And that's what I'm seeing with him, you know. And another thing is we're not utilizing is we have one strategy. Go down the middle. 
we are not utilizing a counterattacking strategy for some reason. When we have fast, you know, fast players, we have Dembizi. If you put him on the right wing, he is fast and he will strike terror on the, on the center backs, you know, and, yeah. and Ansu Fati is fast. So why don't we use a counterattacking strategy where let, let's get him in, let's get Madrid in, like let's get the lines back it up and let's suck him in and then let's attack. Let's get them busy out there and Fati to attack. And we're yeah. not utilizing that. So, it, it, you know, you, you kind of kind of think, okay, you know, Coleman's making these incremental changes. We're seeing improvements. And in some instances, he's regressing. You know, he's not taking advantages. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he gets that all coordinated and figures it out going forward. Get out Busquets and let's, let's have some cover for the center backs. I don't think he's going to put in Araujo. To, mm-hmm. for, for Pique, you know, Pique's 33, he's going to go on 34 in, in February, you know, uh, but th- we're seeing some deterioration on, on our center back. So I'm hoping he's going to stop the bleeding there, coordinate what we're doing up front. You know, there there is some positives, right? We, we saw Ansu, Ansu Fati at the nine. We saw Des for sure as the right back of the future, and he's keeping that position. Uh, so there are positives. We only lost by a, by a VAR decision. Yeah, we only lost by a bad VAR decision, so it wasn't that bad. The the goal by uh, Modric at the end was inconsequential. Whether you lose by two goals or three goals, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We went for the win, so we only lost by by a, a bad call. And I think there was improvement that we can build on going forward. Uh, it's still early in the season, so don't get too crazy. The Barcelona team still has. 33 games to play in La Liga, so don't get too scared when you see Barca six points away from Real Madrid. It's still early in the season, and we still have uh, life in all the different tournaments. So thank you guys for joining us today. Sergio, thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Hasta luego. All right, that does it for this replay. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week to review whatever happens this weekend in El Clasico. Until then, Visca Barca. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.